Welcome to the Brain Hickey Podcast. Resources for marketers and entrepreneurs to help you leave a long-lasting mark on your audience. What I call a brain hickey. I'm your host, Adam Benzman. Hey, thanks for tuning in to episode six. Today we're going to be talking about the fundamentals of building trust with your audience. Now, if you're listening to this, chances are you're in sales of some degree, whether in-person sales or online sales, but everybody knows this saying, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. It is the mantra of sales. People buy from people they know, like, and trust. So when we are selling specifically an email or when we have a content-driven business or when we're positioning ourselves as an expert in our field, what do we have to do? We got to get people to know us. We got to get people to like us. We got to get people to trust us. So how do we do that? Well, first, to get them to know us, we got to get in front of them, right? That's more of our distribution. And now is the like and trust component. So I recently read a study, came to me in an email, and I wish I could quote it. I'll have to dig this up here. I take all these studies kind of with a grain of salt. Everyone says, oh, if you capitalize every first word in your subject line, your open rate increases. And if you use numbers for specificity your subject in your subject line, um, your open rate you know, increases. And I've also heard, this was my favorite study. It says it doesn't matter what your subject line says as much as the familiarity and trust that you have with the name that it's sent from. I talked about this last week's episode when I was talking about selling an email. So I've got my Gmail open and it shows the first name of the sender and the subject line. And if that first name says something like intake or contact or info, it's super impersonal and instantly people think it's spam. So we want to use an actual first name of someone that's going to be a either the name behind the business or someone who's personally working with you throughout there. So any email you get from me, well, one, it's from me because I, I write them myself. But if you are writing, let's say, to a massive list, even if you're using a ghostwriter or a copywriter or maybe your marketing interns writing the emails, you need to make sure that, that the name that it comes from is personal because this is the first step of people knowing you, right? It's personal. And also you want to build in an email signature. It makes it again, more personal. Now, some people, um, I listened to one of Mike Dillard's trainings. If you haven't listened to Mike Dillard, he's got some really great stuff to say. And he's also a really cool guy. And he personally, in all his emails that I get from him, he puts his his headshot in the footer of all his emails. And I've played with that. Sometimes I like to put the headshot in. It helps people kind of get to know me on a more personal level. But one reason that I don't at times is sometimes, uh, you know, it's an image to load and it can be slower. Sometimes they err uh, depending on the, the browser and deliverability. Um, it happens sometimes. That's kind of the fundamentals, right? We want it to be from a person to build that know, like, and trust. They know us now, right? They've subscribed to our blog. They've seen our content. They're getting emails from us. Now they know the name, right? It's Jeff or it's Adam or Bob or Tom or whoever it is. There's a person behind, a real person behind sending those emails. Now we need the trust component, the like and the trust. The best way to develop trust is to drive uh, value in content. And everyone knows the stereotype. And there, by the way, uh, disclaimer here. What I'm about to say is a stereotype. <laughs> Please take it with a grain of salt. But everyone knows this stereotype of the the classic used car salesman. And what's funny is I don't know why it's used car versus new car because I've seen sleazy salesmen in both realms. But that's kind of the the, uh, <laughs> the persona everyone perceives when they think of that slimy, hair slicked back, reeking of cologne, pushy salesperson. And when we start to use language in our messaging of our emails or our blogs or any sales literature, whether it's sales pages, which is also an important piece to avoid doing that. If we have that feel of like a car dealership commercial, 
with the type of sales we're doing online, you're going to scare people away. They're going to run like as fast as they can off of your site. You know, like sale today, 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 today. Buy, buy, buy now. You know, like, <laughs> oh, okay, I can't, I can't do that anymore. If we start to have that feeling in our emails and in our copy, people don't like it. And they also don't trust you because they think that you're working an angle. So the other day, my wife and I were in the grocery store. We're shopping for groceries. She goes, you know what? I need to pick up a pack of razors. So we go down that aisle and she picks up the razors. And I'm like, how much is that again? And she showed me, I think it was like $30. And I was like, hey, weren't you looking into this Dollar Shave Club? Which, by the way, she'd been looking at for, oh, geez, uh, probably like four months. You know, is she going to buy from Dollar Shave Club? And, and with how often she needs razors... That would literally be one full year of razors for her. And she wouldn't buy from Dollar Shave Club. And I said, well, why haven't you pulled the trigger yet? She says, I don't know if I trust them. That was it. She didn't know if she trusted them. She felt like everybody, and I'm, I'm kind of the same way. You know, when I see people online, it's like, what kind of angle are they working? Everyone's here to sell something. We live in a society where we're all blasting marketing messages all the time. Can't even be on a, a subway train. Everywhere you go, there are people blasting their marketing messages. You get push notifications on your phone. There's always someone working an angle. And she didn't know if she could trust them yet. And it, at that point, you know, I have friends that use them. I personally don't use them because I use a safety razor. But anyway, I've heard really good things about this company. I, I talked to my wife, her name's Sheena. I said, Sheena, listen, you're buying one pack of blades here. This company is an entire year supply. You can cancel at any time. And I think they have like this, this guarantee or warranty or something. So after four months, she finally got from them. Literally the only reason that she wouldn't buy from them at first is because she didn't trust them. Now think about that. You've got this prospect. Maybe it's my wife even, right? She knows of your company. She's not the only one. This happens with people everywhere. They're sitting there and they're staring at it. And they say, hey, maybe I want to buy. Maybe I don't. They do not trust you. She looked for four months, okay? And imagine if you were sitting there in person and maybe the one of the salespeople or people that answer the phone over at Dollar Shave Club or the, the owner, the CEO, founder, whoever that sits down is like, that's the only reason you haven't bought from us? Well, we have this guarantee right? They, they blasted everyone. And that's a, a thing that we do online, right? We have a hundred um, <clears> percent <throat> guarantee, satisfaction guarantee, 14 day, 30 day, uh, no questions asked refund. And even with those people don't trust. So how do we break that barrier with trust? The way to do it is with a personal connection with your audience. And I try to abandon pretty much everything that I know about grammar when I'm writing. And the reason is I want to have that conversational tone. So do this experiment with me. This is one of my favorite things to do. And I only started to do it when I got really serious about copywriting. I love writing the way people talk because it reads easy. It reads quick. I want people to stay engaged and I want them to feel like they're having a conversation with me because when I get on the phone with them and they listen to my podcast, there's no difference. The way I talk on my podcast is how I write and it's how I write for my audience. You know, I do often, if I'm writing for other brands, I take on their voice, but I take on their voice of how they talk. So try this with me for a, for a second. I want you to close your eyes and as I'm talking through this podcast, picture the words that I'm saying showing up in your eyes, almost like subtitles on a screen. And if you close your eyes and you listen to people talk and you can kind of see where those ellipses are, those dot, 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 that people don't really uh, finish sentences and we pause. When do we pause? How do we pause? Do we use the word and? Now, one thing that drives me nuts about some writing is it doesn't sound natural. People phrase sentences and structure sentences that are super, super long 
or they put, you know, a comma here and they, they put the, the, the sentences backwards, you know. So sometimes if you have those confusing sentences with commas, just flip them around, right? You just make it so you don't need the comma. So as you go through your day, when you're talking with your audience and, and you're writing for your own brand or messaging for your own brand, think about how what you're saying would come across if you were literally sitting down with someone, if you were on the phone with them and you make that message personal. So this is how we start to become light, how we start to build trust. The next thing is authenticity. People can read, I mean, <laughs> that's funny, people can read through, right? Because they are reading. So I hope they can read through. But when you start to have um, this salesy sound or you know you start to sound a little pushy people can read through that crap i mean it's garbage the minute i start to feel like i'm being sold when i'm reading something i'm like Ugh, oh gosh now i do pick up on stuff because i am a sales copywriter and i know the different uh, techniques and tricks of how to leverage some psychological principles and and to get people to get engaged and to elicit certain emotions at certain times and to capture hope right and and instant gratification these other these other tricks of the trade but when they they're super um, overt, it really turns anybody off. And even if they don't know mentally, they may not say like, oh yeah, well he said, you know, imagine how you'd feel about this. And I know that whenever someone says imagine, it's a sales trick. You know, when it's authentic and you can actually resonate with the audience, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I've read some really talented copywriting where people put you in that place. And I've purchased myself, I've spent $1,500 on a training, by the way, which I got a lot out of, after a one-hour video sales letter. It was compelling and it was good and it was authentic. And part of it was the voice and the messaging. I related to it and I said, hey, you know what? I've been following this guy for a while. I do trust him and I'm willing to take the risk. And I know I have the, my money back guarantee and I and I did it, right? And that's crazy. I spent, I literally got my wallet out and spent $1,500 on a virtual training in an hour. And I did go through the whole thing. Like I said, I got a lot out of it. So we're, we've built the the no factor, right? We already talked about that. We've got our name in there. They're starting to know us. They're starting to see some familiarity. Uh, they're starting to like us because we're using that conversational tone. We, we start to close our eyes and imagine what people say in subtitles over our eyelids. And this is really fun to do. Listen to other people. You don't have to do it just in this podcast because everyone has a different cadence and a different style when they talk. I do it when I'm passively observing other people's dialogue. So I get, my, my wife, it drives my wife crazy. I get wrapped into like any conversation that's going on around me because I am disgustingly obsessed with communication and how everybody communicates a little differently. Everyone has a little unique voice, but there's always this common tone of how we, how we talk as humans, right? So, uh, and, and one of my filler words is right. I'm sure you've heard it now that your eyes are closed. We all have our little quirks. Some people use ums and ahs and the word like, you know, uh, but you'll start to hear this as you do this eyes closed technique. The trust we're building through authenticity. The other piece that I want to uh, dive into here, which we touched on a little bit last week, was on driving value. I am a huge fan, especially with selling an email for repetition. One reason I use repetition, and I, I, gosh, it used to drive me crazy. I never in a million years would would email people daily, and I I do now when I write for other people. And I'll tell you, if you download my stuff, a lot of the things that I say and teach you, I don't do. And here's why: you guys are marketers. I don't need to market to you like I'm going to market to an, for you to your audience. If every time you downloaded something from me and I bombarded you, you'd stop liking me and trusting me. So I'm sure if you've listened, you've probably downloaded one of my tools on my website. Sometimes I email, sometimes I don't. 
I want to drive value. People that like what I have to say, hire me. People that like what I have to say, keep listening. And I hope you're one of those people. If you're not, please email me. Give me some feedback. Uh, my email is adam at brainhickey.com. I love to hear from my audience. And that feedback is really important in making this podcast and the blogs and the tools that I develop really powerful. So that being said, for your audience, if I opt in on your website, I want you to see you email right away, like I talked about on episode five last week, and follow up daily. Now, part of that, again, it's not to overly sell. I want to get that no factor. Even if they don't open that email, you're going to see that name and recognize it. And again, I bought another training from um, an email marketing guy who was selling a training on email marketing. I know his name. I see it every time. And I open a good amount of his emails. And they're mostly value-driven. His face is on there. His voice is in there because he puts in some videos and stuff. But it builds that no factor. But the other reason that I open certain people's emails is they're value-driven. So instead of opening it up and just diving into this newslettery feel of like, now today we're announcing our new service offering where we're giving 17% off on all of our, you know, whatever garbage it is, have that conversational tone and give value. And you've heard me say this before, when you think you're giving too much value, give a little bit more and give a little bit more. And that's probably that comfort level. Whenever you give a lot of content, people expect that you have a lot more and you should, hopefully you're an expert and you believe in what you do and you do have a lot more to give, but focus that message on value. You can build your sales in by no means. Like if you, the guys that I'm working on, excuse me, I get really excited. One of my clients right now, I'm working on some really big deal sales letters to a list of a million people. And that needs to be written and crafted in a way that is really powerful and it's value driven. And we're selling a really high uh, cost product, high value product, but also high cost product. And we don't want to go in for the kill and be like, hey, buy this. So you build value. You talk about how you can help your audience. And my goal is even if someone doesn't buy from me, I want them to remember me as the guy that helped them solve this problem, the guy that gave them that insight. I gleaned some piece and I get people that reach out to me and most of the times when they have some sort of memory about something they learned from my podcast or my blog that's helping them out, it's wrapped up in a story. So tell your story as your brand. All right, talk about the obstacles you overcome, how you got to where you are and what your your products or services, how they solve a problem and really relate to your audience and make sure that they feel whether they buy or not, they got something out of it. And again, you don't have to like give away the whole solution, but make sure it's thought provoking, that it inspired some sort of revelation. And they say, hey, you know what? Every time I read this, I feel good and I want to keep opening up. People make decisions based on emotions. And if your emails make them feel good, they're going to keep, they're going to keep Opening them, it's that simple, right? Make people feel good, plus they like you, then they trust you, and they're more likely to do business with you. So if you wanna get a feel for kind of how I do this, um, I'm gonna give you a number to text. It's 44222. So if you're on your phone, text the word Hickey, H-I-C-K-E-Y, to 44222. That's 44222. Um, so that's two fours and three twos. Text the word Hickey. Uh, it'll ask you for your email, and I'm gonna email you five times. All right, actually, it's six. I lied. Uh, six times. And it's five copywriting secrets. It's sent to your inbox. I promise you, you will get a high, high value from every single one of those emails. And the main reason I send this uh, to you is one, for you to see kind of my angle of how I do copywriting. And two, I want you to actually get value from it. So you're going to see kind of how I position my emails to give value. And at the end, I will ask, if you want to hire me for your copywriting services, you're welcome to schedule. You'll also notice that my sales are super passive, I'm not aggressive, and every single person that's downloaded that, 
I guarantee gets value and you will learn something from it. If you don't, email me. So it'll give you a good idea of kind of how to position what your services are, where one, you're giving value, and two, you're positioning yourself as an expert. And I do consider myself an expert copywriter. Maybe my ego is inflated, maybe I'm crazy. We all have some work to do, right? It's a it's a lifelong study um, to become the best at your craft, and I'm always studying. In fact, I have two books on my desk right now that I'm reading about becoming a better copywriter. But when you're driving value and you are positioning yourself as an expert in your field, people start to trust you. And what's interesting, I just listened to another podcast, um, another copywriting podcast actually a couple days ago, and it was from a gentleman who's super accomplished. He runs an agency. And as I'm listening to it, I'm like, gosh, I really wouldn't want to buy from this guy. And it wasn't anything against what he's doing or what he accomplished because he's clearly, he's got some big name clients, he's doing well, but there's something about the way that he, he talked and the way that, that he uh, presented himself that just was a, a big turnoff. So drive value, position yourself as an expert. And while I'm sitting there listening to him, I was like, how is this guy getting so much business? Like if I got on the phone with him, I'd hang up, but he's flooded with leads. And the reason he is, is because they have a great content distribution strategy and the content they produce is killer. It makes them look like an expert, which truthfully they probably are. It's probably a personality clash. The point is if you're putting out valuable content, whether it's email or blogs or whatever it is, give value, position yourself as an expert, and be personable, all right? If you can master those pieces, it is more important than mastering the subtleties of copywriting, which is really learning how to sell in writing. It's it's, it's a never-ending journey to become a, a strong copywriter. And even once you're a strong copywriter, there's always room for improvement. So follow those principles. Remember about that story about my wife and how it took her four months to buy, I think, $30 worth of razors because she didn't trust them. So how do you build trust, likability, and familiarity with your audience? And if you can accomplish those things, you're going to hit a grand slam. So that's all I got for you. Again, if you are um, on the fly and on your phone, text Hickey to 44222, and uh, you can get five copywriting secrets sent to your inbox. Give you a a very clear example of kind of how I do things. Uh, If you're at your desktop, you're more welcome to hop on brainhickey.com. So that's all I got for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You can access all your supplementary podcast goodies at brainhickey.com. Now, don't forget to click subscribe for new episode alerts every Tuesday. And please, if you like what you're hearing, leave me a review. It'd be really, really helpful. This is Adam Benzman signing off the Brain Hickey Podcast.